episode 121 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and we're talking about week nine scores of Ohio high school football, a college closing doors, and someone's been benched. Who's been benched? You probably already know, but you'll find out in the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and the podcast at Cindy Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mallon. This is a special edition of this podcast. How is it special? Well, I'm trying to record it in about 45 minutes and get it uploaded and everything before I leave for my broadcast tonight. Have I mentioned I really love my opportunity with ESP Media and I think it's the best thing that's happened to me in my broadcasting career? I might have said that a couple times. But anyway, tonight I'll have the call of Monroe versus Wyoming Boys Soccer, the first regional game. Winner of this goes to the Elite Eight and you can listen to it at ESP MediaSN.com or go on Twitter. There's where the link lives. You can listen to my game from Lakota East High School. Very excited about bringing more playoff soccer. Very good game as Wyoming defeated Bellbrook in Mason by a two to one margin. And this will be the Cowboys second foe in the Southwestern Buckeye League. And this Monroe team, they're no slouches. Neither was Bellbrook, but Monroe, undefeated. Wyoming, undefeated. Let's get ready to rumble on the pitch. So yeah, go listen to that. I'd appreciate it. Thanks. So, without further ado... Whoever thought of the word I'd do? Anyway, sorry. Express episode. Week 9 scores of Ohio high school football. And also the first week of sectionals in Indiana high school football. Mainly Wayne County and around that area and the like. And Connersville. We'll start off with a cross-county conference. As Twin Valley South was shut out by the Redskins of Fort Loramie, 55 nothing. Covington puts up another 70-plus points in a match. This time, they take it out on Lewisburg's Tri-County North Panthers, 74-6. Tri-Village with a big upset. They defeat their Southern Dark County foe in Arcanum, 50-34. Big win for the Patriots. And yes, Tri-Village has only had football for a couple years, but you can make the argument, biggest win in program history? Yeah, I'd say so. Mississippi Valley, they also put a 70 spot on the scoreboard. They defeat Bradford 70 to 13. Miami East defeats Bethel 55-14. And Sonia edges out National Trail 14 to 7. And I believe the Blazers have now lost five in a row. Now to the Southwestern Buckeye League. Valley View defeats Eaton 28 to 6. The halftime score was in favor of the Spartans 7-6, but 21 points by VV. Gives the Spartans the win over Eaton. Bellbrook hammers Oakwood at Oakwood, 41-7. Preble Shawnee, 52. Carlisle, 20. Monroe with a big upset of their own. The Hornets sting the Mohawks of Middletown Madison, 48-35. Milton Union slashes Dixie, 54-7. Franklin over Brookville, 41-24. And the Thursday night TV game was Waynesville versus Northridge. It's the Spartans, 23, and the Polar Bears, 8. To the Miami Valley League we go as West Carrollton. They defeat Fairborn 31-15. Xenia edges out Troy 24-22. Very good game. And very, very good game. That's turned in by the Buccaneers and the Trojans. Greenville edges out Vandalia Butler 17-13. And with that win, the Green Wave have a winning season. Six wins for the Green Wave. They can make it seven. This week, Stebbins edges out Sydney 23-21 and Piqua over Tippecanoe 
Onwards to the Greater Western Ohio Conference as Northmont downs Centerville 34-20. Springboro, they edge out Trotwood Masson 28-25. And the Panthers are definitely for real this year. Springboro with just one loss to Springfield. Might want to watch those Panthers in the playoffs. Speaking of spring, Springfield takes down Wayne 38 to 13. And no, they're not next to each other. Springboro's in Northern Warren County. Springfield's in Central Clark County. I think I said this last week's episode, but there you go. Miamisburg snaps a long losing streak since week two. And they take it out on Lebanon 38-35. And Fairmont shuts out the Beaver Creek Beavers 35 to nothing. To the Central Buckeye Conference as London, big over Bell Fountain, 43-3. North Union, a big win over Urbana, 52-13. The Hill Climbers are winless so far in 2019 with one week to go. Jonathan Alder, 56. Springfield, Shawnee, 34. Kenton Ridge defeats Tecumseh in three overtimes, 35-29. Indian Lake, 27. Graham, 23. And Northwestern, 20. Ben Logan, 6. To the Northwest Central Conference as we make our way to the Lima area as Waynesville Goshen defeats Marion Elgin. The Comets are winless this year. 28 to 18, Waynesville Goshen wins. Lima Perry defeats Riverside 42-32. Lehman Catholic defeats Upper Scioto Valley 21-6. And Harden Northern big over Ridgemont 54-6. To the Western Buckeye League as Wapakoneta rolls over Defiance 42-7. Kenton edges out Ottawa Glandor 14-9. Van Wert 42, Lima Bath 20 St. Mary's 35, Salina 6, and Lima Shawnee 42, Alida 10. In the Ohio Heritage Conference, we have Cedarville picking up their first win of the year over Springfield Catholic Central 40 to nothing. Greenan continues to roll. They win against Southeastern 52-14. Mechanicsburg shuts out Fairbanks 52-0. Greenview continues to win a 30-8 win over Madison Plains. I believe that's the third straight win for the Rams. West Liberty Salem 41, Northeastern 0, and West Jefferson 61, Triad 28. One conference game of the Dayton City League. It's Ponix Tech taking out Meadowdale 42 6. Back up north we go to the Midwest Athletic Conference. Minster 42, Versailles 20, Anna 49, Parkway 28. New Bremen 41, Delpho St. John's 13, Coldwater 49, St. Henry 14, and Marion Local back on the winning track of things. The Flyers defeat Fort Recovery 36-7. And back down to the Sunday area we go for the Greater Catholic League. Baden rolls over Carroll 45-14, Shabna Julian 41, Fenwick 30, and Alter back on the winning track as well. The Knights take care of McNicholas 56-7. Which, by the way, earlier today I read an article from the Inquirer saying that McNicholas can have 29 night games at, what was it, Penn Station Stadium? That's a great name, Penn Station Stadium. McNicholas, I think, wanted 50 and the neighborhood wanted 19. So the judge kind of took both those numbers and a fair compromise, possibly. Actually, I've never been to McNicholas, so I have no idea if it is or not, but... There you go. That's what's decided. Cincinnati Hills League. Wyoming has won for the 40th straight time. 40th straight time. That's that's outstanding for the Cowboys. As Wyoming stomps over the Yellow Jackets of Taylor, 44-0. Madeira shuts out the Redding Blue Devils, 28-0. Indian Hill, 58. Finneytown, 0. And Marymount, 24. Deer Park, 21. And if my memory serves me correctly, Wyoming and Indian Hill, they're playing for the Cincinnati Hills League game in Week 10. That big winning streak, the state title, that's going to be a great game. There's going to be a lot of great games in Week 10. As we go to the Greater Miami Conference, it's Princeton, a nice win over Lakota West, 41-35. Fairfield, 50, Oak Hill, 0, Colerain, 34, Lakota East, 3. Mason 41, Middletown 22, and Hamilton 14, Sycamore 7. By the way, for the GMC title, it's Fairfield and Colerain at Fairfield. And Fairfield is predicting standing only room. And that facility can hold 5,500. So if you want a ticket, you hopefully already have one, and you better get there pretty early. But yeah, that's going to be the one people are watching. or. Listening for updates, too. What have you. 
We move on to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. My last call for Loveland football in the year was at Kings, and the Knights were over the Tigers 56-8. to Kings was up 49 nothing at the half. Kings ran the ball quite well. Stilski, Ty Stilski, five rushing touchdowns. The first five scores by Kings. Very impressive. Very impressive display for the Knights. Turpin 59 with throw 13. West Claremont 20, Milford 10, and Anderson 34, Walnut Hills 31. Now if I could make it on Friday, I would be calling Anderson hosting Loveland. It's right by my uncle's house, so... <laughs> I, I knew where Anderson was just because, again, that's where my uncle lived all my life, so there you go. But I have a Wright State game, so... Next year, hopefully, I'll be able to make all 10 games of high school football season. But that's a long time away. Oh, by the way, 2020 baseball schedules are out for UD and Wright State. And Wright State's 2020 softball schedule is also out. Not quite yet for UD. So there you go. We're not talking about that today. Maybe next week. In the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference, Clinton Massey continues to roll. The Falcons fly over New Richmond 45-16, Claremont Northeastern 35, East Clinton 18, Western Brown over Wilmington 24-21, Goshen shuts out Batavia 48-0, Williamsburg 35, Bethel Tate 33, and Blanchester 35, Fayetteville 0. In the Southwest Ohio Conference, Ross the only one not playing a SWAC conference game. We'll get to that score in a little bit. Talawanda 42, Northwest 12, Little Miami 41, Edgewood 24, and Harrison 42, Mount Healthy 13. As we go to downtown Cincinnati in the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference, a non-Friday game, this was Saturday afternoon affair, as the Big Red of Hughes defeats the Aiken Falcons 24-12. Taft continues to roll, the Senators 34 and Woodward 6, and Western Hills 48, Schroeder 22. In the Miami Valley Conference, our last conference we cover, New Miami defeats Cincinnati Country Day for the first time ever in school history. How big is that? These Vikings are 9-0. and Yes, 8-0 and in OHSAA eyes because Lamar Christian is not an OHSAA school. So, points are not handed out for that game. But the Vikings 34, Cincinnati Country Day 6. Roger Bacon staying sharp on the other side. 53 nothing winners over the Norwood Indians. Lockwood, 34. North College Hill, 12. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, 47. Summer Country Day, 20. And St. Bernard, 42. Clark Montessori, 20. And now the non-league games. These are the games that I decided to put in here and not in the conference. Because then I have to put both. It just, yeah. Bishop Hartley, 44. Belmont, 6. Dayton Christian, 18. Purcell Marion, 12. Lima Central Catholic, 70. Troy Christian, 0. Ross, 63. Thurgood Marshall, 12. Jefferson Township, 38. Fairfield Christian, 31. This is Fairfield, like, Lancaster. Lancaster, Central Ohio area. Bishop Watterson, 31. Dunbar, 29. Elder, 31. Clarkson Football North, 20. On ScoreStream, I think it was listed as Football North, so I had to go look it up. It's a Canadian team. But the Panthers win 31-20. Winton Woods, they come back from a small halftime deficit to take out LaSalle 26-21. The Warriors, they need a little bit of help to get in the playoff push, but that win against LaSalle was pretty big. St. Edward, 34, Moeller, 7, up in the Lakewood, Cleveland area. St. Xavier, 13, St. Ignatius, 10. And Dome Prep takes care of Danville, Monticerre, 18 nothing on a Thursday night. And now we talk about Indiana football sectionals. I put the schools that lost first, because this is the last time for the football season you'll hear their names. Newcastle, 21, Richmond, 12. The Red Devil season is over. Mount Vernon, 64. Connorsville, 0. The Spartan season is over. Cecina Memorial, 41. Centerville Bulldogs, 7. Eastern Hancock, 22. Winchester, 18. Heritage Christian, 35. Northeastern, 6. And now for the Indiana teams. Actually, there's one more. I beg your pardon. Two more, actually. Eastern, 22. Union County, 0. North Decatur, 47. Lincoln, 12. And now for the 
winning teams around the Wayne County area. Union City 30, Westdale 28, Tri 42, South Decatur 12, and Hagerstown 28, Oldenburg Academy 14. Meaning Union City, Tri, and Hagerstown get another week of football. And now to college scores, the number 17 Cincinnati Bearcats were off. Miami defeated Kent State on the road 23-16. to The half I got to listen to was Steve Baker. Well, there was a lot of field goals. <laughs> a lot of field goals, but that was it. By a lot, I mean a couple, but there you go. Miami wins at Kent State. Cincinnati Christian was off after their win against Union. Second ever win for CCU's football squad and a little bit more to talk about CCU. But they're at number 17, Reinhardt, on Saturday. That's around the Georgia area. Rose Hulman gives Mount St. Joseph their first loss in the year. Engineers 29 and Mount St. Joseph 8. San Diego defeats Dayton in Ohio 50 to 38. Denison 24, Wittenberg 14. Back to back losses for the Tigers. And this one coming from the Big Red of Denison in Granville, Ohio. If you don't like Big Red, then buy another stick of gum. There you go. Baldwin Wallace fly over Wilmington 72 to 9. Urbana takes care of Concord 24-7. Central State surprises Miles with a field goal to defeat the Golden Tigers 15-13. Central State kicked that field goal with about 20 seconds left. And speaking of less than 20 seconds left, Georgetown College and the Tigers slash Thomas Moore 20-19 with a touchdown with 16 seconds left in the game. And now for the club teams, Miami continues to roll 48-0 over Milwaukee. And Ohio State 46, Wright State 2. And this game was called at half, and Wright State season is canceled. Now, in club, you probably already know, no athletic scholarships. You play because you love the game. Wright State's team has had 18 active players from the start of the season till, well, Ohio State's game. Big win for the Buckeyes, yes. They're now looking at the NCFC Mid-Atlantic West title. Was that East? I think it's West. Mid-Atlantic West title against Miami, which I think that's OSU and Miami's next game. The Raiders, I think they had a couple injuries against them, and, well, you heard that score at the half turned into a final 46-2. You know... And Facebook memories, I was trying to think if it was that or time hop. Remember arguing with someone, it's like, You can go back and look at that comment. Maybe you can, maybe you can, I don't know. But yeah, I was very angry. And then it was like, don't cry, lol. That I said, don't be a douche, lol. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of glad I don't talk to that guy anymore. They're still players, and thing is, I don't know how many people know about the football team, which is a darn shame, considering I was one of the first members to kind of help bring football. Not saying I did, I was more of the media liaison with my connections to the radio station. We called Wright State Football Games my senior year. So that was a lot of fun. But, there you go. So Wright State cannot finished the season, they had, I thought they had two matches left. I guess they just had the one against Miami, which is a very big rivalry since Michigan Flint no longer plays club football, I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen them on the website, so they might not. But congrats to the Raiders. You battled your hearts out. It's a shame that you guys couldn't finish the season. Hopefully next year there'll be a new crop of Raiders to help carry this football team at WSU. So I will try to get Miami, Ohio State. I'm sure that's this Saturday. I'll try to get that score for next week. Hey, how about some NFL scores? The Patriots defeat the Cleveland Browns 27-13. The Colts, last second field goal, defeat the Broncos 15-12. Steelers 27, Dolphins 14 on Monday Night Football. And the game in England, yes, I have to talk about it. Bengals fell to the Los Angeles Rams of Los Angeles, 24-10. And now the Bengals are 0-8 on their bye week, which means next week I don't have to talk about a Bengals loss. Hooray! Maybe I'll actually look forward to talking episode 122. There is something I do need to talk about the Bengals. 
And I think we'll save it for the second half. Again, the express version of this podcast, because people like 30-minute podcasts now, apparently, according to Pod News. A quick update on the other scores. I mentioned Wyoming defeated Mason, uh, excuse me, defeated Bellbrook in Mason 2-1 to one to win districts. Monroe defeated Indian Hill 2-1 to one to win districts, and now they're playing tonight. Again, ESPMediaSN.com, roll down to the live stream logo, or if you follow me on social media at all, I posted a link to it, so go listen to that tonight. Wright State Volleyball pick up their first HL road wins of the season. Volleyball took Four set decisions at Northern Kentucky and IUPUI. And now Milwaukee and Green Bay come to Wright State. The Raiders look to stay hot this year. Third place in the Horizon League. Pick six. But, man, this team is good. Raiders, go out and see your volleyball team. Speaking of good teams, women's soccer, they defeated Youngstown State at home 2-1, to but fell at IUPUI 3-0. In case you're wondering what IUPUI is, that's Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. No, they can't just be called University in Indianapolis because there's already a facility with that name. And I don't know why they have the U's where IPFW never did. There you go. So women's soccer has one more match in the regular season. It's this Friday. It's against Cleveland State. You can hear my voice. (coughs) You can also hear me cough. I probably should add that, but I won't remember to. The Raiders host Cleveland State this Friday, and then quarterfinals start on Monday. If the Raiders finish third or fourth, they'll host a quarterfinal game. If they fall to fifth or sixth, it will go to a quarterfinal game. I don't know if they can finish in second place. They can't finish in first. Milwaukee is undefeated. But <clears throat> second place in the league gives you a bye until the semifinals. The men's soccer team of Wright State, they were last place. When they hosted Detroit Mercy, now they're not. They're in third place. Funny how standings work. But they drew with number 15 Marshall at home 2-2, and then won at Cleveland State 2-1. Raiders have Kentucky tonight in Lexington, and then a home match against Green Bay and Bowling Green. Green Bay's this Saturday, and Tuesday is Raiders versus Bowling Green for the I-75 Cup. Last home match of the year for the Raiders. Come out and see these soccer teams. They're good. Now for UD. Women's soccer won at home against Fordham 3-0, but fell at LaSalle 3-2. And the Flyers finished the regular season, 7 wins, 8 losses, 3 draws, and 5-3-2 in A-10 action. The Flyers have never failed to make the A-10 tournament. Since 19... Oh, actually, I was going to say 1985. That's when the program started, but UD would have been in the Atlantic 10. What would that have been, 1995? Yeah. 25 years of A-10 soccer, and the Flyers women's squad has always been in the A-10 tournament. That's impressive. Number 5 UD will head back to LaSalle, the Explorers in the number 4 seed for the A-10 quarterfinals. And yeah, every year since becoming a member in the A-10, which, again, 95-96. Impressive. Men's soccer for UD, they won at home against Duquesne 2-1. to and defeat St. Joseph's 2-1 to one on the road. St. Joseph's, I believe, has not won a game in conference play yet. But wins are wins. Are wins. Flyers will host George Washington Saturday night for senior night. Definitely, definitely a little bit sad that soccer is coming to a close. Senior night at UD means that's the last one there. And I, th- well, actually, I think the Flyers can make a quarterfinal game. But I'm pretty sure semifinals and finals at Fordham. I'm trying to think if they went back to where schools can host a quarterfinal game or if all of it's at the site, the host site. How about that Dayton volleyball team? They're now 9-0 and in conference play and they swept forth Georges again, this time at the Freerick Center. Dayton's got UC tonight at Fifth Third Arena. That should be a good one. Go out and see your Flyers volleyball squad. And then St. Louis comes into town on Friday to continue A-10 play. That's your scores. We'll talk more about the Bengals' loss and Andy Dalton getting benched. (gasps) I gave away the lead. Plus, Cincinnati Christian closing at the end of the semester. This is episode 121 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Hey, folks. This is Lee W. Mallon of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, 
the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. I'm here to talk to you about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain why. Anchor is 100% free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place, and all for free. I love hosting on Anchor. It's been super easy to upload episodes, and when I had a problem with something, their tech support got it fixed very quickly. Download the free Anchor app on Google Play or in the App Store, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, the easiest way on making a podcast. Surprise segment! And take number three of this, because the last time it stopped recording. Anyway, you might notice this is not Wednesday anymore, and 121 is now just being released. Well, I got it done before my soccer broadcast on Wednesday, honest, and I had it saved and everything ready to upload. I just never got around to uploading it. So, yay. And that's why you get this surprise segment before the second part of 121. Couple things, Wright State men's soccer, they lost at number 15, Kentucky by 7-1 to margin in Lexington, Kentucky, and Wyoming defeated Monroe 1-0 in my soccer match at Lakota East. So, that sets up the regional final battle between the Wyoming Cowboys. No, not Wyoming. The state of Wyoming. (laughs) It's Wyoming, Ohio. It's a small village on Route 4. I think that's Route 4. That's Springfield Pike. That makes sense. And it'll be against the Tippecanoe Red Devils, and I'll be at Xenia High School, or Xenia's football stadium, Doug Adams Field, I think it's now called. And that'll be Saturday at 2, and I'll have the call on ESP Media, so hopefully you will join me for that. I think that's all I wanted to cover all the Wednesday matches. I think that's the only two ones I mentioned. But also, last night, I believe Xenia punched in their first ticket to the playoffs ever in school history for football, so congrats to the Buccaneers. They shut out Fairborn, but we'll cover that in episode 122. Something I hope to get to in episode 122, because I know talking about who made the playoffs and everything, that's going to be about two hours long, let's be real. The OHSAA has sent out a proposal to high school football coaches talking about expanding playoffs. In the state of Ohio, if you're in the top eight in your region and district, you get to the playoffs. If you're nine and below, nope. What this would do is make the qualifiers from eight to 12. So 12 teams will get in each region. Now, it hasn't been approved anything. Nothing's really on the table. Don't expect it for 2020 unless everything passes between now and the 2020 football season. But it's something interesting. I mean... There's the needles really kind of in the middle. I see people that are a stag for it, and I see people that's like, "Oh my God, OHSAA is a cash machine!" Ah, rah, 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 and I never tweeted before, you know, stuff like that. The proposal would like to keep it a ten-game regular season, uh, shortening of the preseason, and finishing the playoffs on the current corresponding dates. So maybe move this season up a week. Something like that. I think it's interesting, and it's definitely worth talking about next week. Well, let's get on to episode 121's second segment. And we're back to episode 121 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening again. This is the express version, meaning I'm still going to have it set for an hour, because of course... Anyway, we just got through Week 9 scores of Ohio High School football. Hard to believe that Week 10's here. Next week, you can expect a complete detail on playoffs from Lima to Cincinnati, because apparently I cover Lima now. And I know Hearn, Michael Hearn, good friend of mine, gives me a little crap about saying, that's not Southwest. Well, it's part of the Miami Valley, so that's why I do it. There we go. Anyway, we'll start off with the very sad news first. Cincinnati Christian University is, indeed, closing its doors. After the fall 2019 semester, 
Cincinnati Christian will be no more. And I haven't seen anything from the athletic side, but I'm pretty sure that means no athletics. When St. Joseph's closed in Indiana, St. Joseph's College, they were the Pumas, they were D2. Good opponent for Central State. When they closed the doors, it was before the school year began, but yeah, athletics went. So pretty much CCU closes, then why are you going to have sports play when there's no classes offered? There is a letter from the Cincinnati Christian University Board Trustees. So you already know, they're closing. But there is a phoenix that's going to rise out from the ashes. CCU announces a new partnership with Central Christian College of the Bible, CCCB. This follows the decision by CCU's trustees to withdraw from Higher Learning Commission accreditation following the fall 2019 semester. That's pretty much the body that makes your your degree worth anything. Have a family member that kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it, but it's, yeah, it's pretty much what makes your degree, you know, worthwhile. In spring 2020, CCCB, Triple CB, will open an extension site in Cincinnati to provide accredited ministerial degrees in the region. At the same time, CCU will work together with CCCB to serve more congregations and ministry leaders throughout the Center for Church Leadership. So, it's going to become a branch campus of Central Christian College of the Bible. What does that mean for athletics? Will they return? No idea, but I doubt it. So, you might know from my broadcasting experience, I covered branch campus athletics, and they're good. Miami Middletown, they're good. They had a really good basketball team, but now I think Miami Hamilton's the one to beat in Ohio Regional Campus Conference play. So, branch campuses have athletics. Look at Wright State Lake. They're now in the USCAA, and there's Christian colleges that have Athletics. Look at Cedarville. They're pretty good at just about everything. So it's not out of the realm to say the Cincinnati Christian Eagles are completely dead. I don't know if they're going to be with CCCB. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, just a new name slapped on, still the Eagles. I I don't know. I don't know is pretty much the key word through this. I've never been... This is Night Christian University. I've only followed along through social media about their sports and football, as you know, over the last two years. It's a very sad time. These kids were counting on Cincinnati Christian University to give them an education, give them the way to bettering themselves as Christians, as people, and as people that want a good college education. Now, if you look on Twitter, you see that some people aren't surprised. I'm not getting into the politics of that. That's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about sharing news and information. So, like I said, CCU Athletics, probably done for. Once the doors close after the fall 2019 semester, it will now be a branch campus with Central Christian College of the Bible. This press release is available on the front page of ccuniversity.edu. CCU will assist CCCB in establishing an extension site in the Cincinnati Tri-State area for current and future ministry students to receive undergraduate and graduate education. And CCU will also assist students enrolled in other degree programs with transfer options to other schools. There was a lot of this on Twitter as well, where there's a lot of universities opening their arms saying, hey, we know your school is closing, and you're not going to be able to get your degree unless you were supposed to get it by the end of fall 2019. Come to our place. And there's some that waive their application fee. I think Johnston College, Johnson U, they said, no fee. Come apply. We'll help you. So that's what I like to see. I mean, well, I don't want to see a university close their doors, but I like to see others helping the students that had in no way, shape, or form anything to do with CCU barring their doors forever. So, I definitely like the other universities trying to help out. In case you're wondering about the CCCB, they're located in Moberly, Missouri, and affiliated with the Christian Church Movement and 
accredited nationally by the Association for Biblical Higher Education, ABHE, to offer on-site and online degrees. It talks about the collaboration. It will ensure that ministry programs of quality are available in the Cincinnati Tri-State area while allowing CCU to focus on ministry support services for churches and their leaders throughout the Center for Church Leadership, which currently serves over 800 congregations. Again, not telling you how to religion. You have your own falls. I have mine. I'm not here to coax you. I am simply saying that CCU is closing. It is a very sad day. It's been a very sad few days. I've also seen CCU coaches talk about it. Marcel Cox also tweeted something, very touching letter, saying that don't be sad that it's over a smile because it happened. So I definitely dig that. Coach Cox, by the way, was the head coach of Cincinnati Christian women's basketball. So, yes, it's sad. It's very sad to see an athletic program and a university shut its doors in the area. But with this branch campus coming in from Missouri, we'll see how it goes. So definitely you're all in my thoughts, CCU students, athletes, and employees, faculty, staff. Hopefully you can land on your feet. And now we move from the very sad to... The sad. The Bengals lost again. You already know that. The Bengals lost in England 24 to 10. Actually, I was talking to our engineer, one of our engineers at ESP Media before the Kings Loveland game, Brock Faulkner, telling him that on 1530 when the Bengals were doing their pep rally show, I forget what the bar is called, but it's really cool. Who Day UK was on. They talk about you know, how sports are different across the pond. And there's even an anchor from Sky Sports, which is the, it's ESPN pretty much in England. At least I think it is. But Sky is a big broadcasting conglomerate up in England. So it was a lot, it was really cool to hear about the differences. And then the Bengals play the game and, ugh, they tied it at three and then, <clears throat> yeah. Cooper Cup, 220 yards, and I think that's the most by a Ram since 1997, which would have been the second season in St. Louis, Missouri. 220 yards, one touchdown for Cooper Cup. Shall we talk about stats? Do we have to talk about stats? Golf, Jared Golf, 17 of 31, 372 yards in the air, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback ranking at 119.3. Andy Dalton, 32 of 52. For 329 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Quarterback ranking of 86.1, and he got sacked five times for a loss of 32 yards. Yeah, I heard sacks three and four on the radio. Not sure if I heard five. I might have been in my car, or out of my car by then. But Aaron Donald had the last one I heard on the radio. And, and then someone had a gif of Andy Dalton... Probably the play that sent him to the bench. Yes, Andy Dalton's been benched. I blew the lead again. Gosh. Anyway, they showed the play. It was third and ten. Offensive line did a nice job keeping the pressure out. The one a few times that they did that, five sacks. And he threw it away. Empty back formation, most of the receivers to the right. And he threw it out of bounds. So, there you go. We'll talk a little bit more about the benching later, but rushing-wise, I want to go back to the stats. The Bengals outrushed somebody! Woo! Yes, I know, Todd Gurley's hurt, and he actually was outrushed by Henderson. But the Bengals actually reached the 100-yard plateau in rushing! We're going to celebrate like it's Christmas. 22 rushing attempts, 104 yards... No touchdowns on the ground, though. And Mixon, 66 yards, 17 attempts. Average of 3.9 per carry. At 3.9, I mean, it's it's better than it's been. <laughs> Remember last week when he had two yards? I nearly flipped my lid about that. Well, he had 66 yards. Yay. Giovanni Bernard, three carries, 31 yards. Average of 10.3, but then again, three carries. 
Dalton, one keep, four yards. Boyd, one rush, three yards. 104 yards on 22 carries for the Bengals, opposite of the L.A. Rams of L.A. Is that joke funny? Yep. 26 rushes, 98 yards. They did have a receiver go negative one. But Henderson, 49 yards. Gurley, 44 yards, 10 carries, one touchdown. The only rushing touchdown of the game. And I knew Gurley was affected by knee injury. So, yeah, when you're running, you kind of need your knees to be at, you know, optimum strength. So, so yeah, Henderson, 49 yards. Gurley, 44 yards. Woods, 6 yards on 4 keeps. And Reynolds, 1 run, negative 1 yard. 98 yards total for L.A., one rushing touchdown. The average for the Rams, 3.8. So the defense did a nice job. That's one thing that I feel like in these last eight weeks I might have been a little too harsh. You can't really blame a lot of it on the defense. Sure, they allow the points, but if you're out there for so long, you're going to get cooked. So you're going to be less effective. So it's not the defensive side, the Bengals, although depth could be improved upon quite heavily. I'm still pointing my fingers at the offensive line. I know there's a lot of fans who are saying, nope, it's on Dalton. Well, if he doesn't have a line, if the Bengals don't have an offensive line, you can't get your running game in, and your quarterback's going to be running for his life rather than trying to move the ball, oh, I don't know, down the field. You know, that's what football's about, not running side to side. I don't know. Anyway, I mentioned Dalton, 329 yards, 372 for golf. Cooper Cup getting most of those yards for Los Angeles. Reynolds, 73 yards and a receiving touchdown. That's your two through the air for the Rams. Woods, two catches, 36 yards, three catches, or actually three targets, two catches, 20 yards. Two catches forever for 15 yards, eight yards for Higby on one catch. And on the other side for the Bengals, Erickson, 97 yards. One touchdown thrown, it was Mixon, and I believe that's... Did I hear that on the radio after the UC volleyball game? I don't know. By the way, I got to PA at a UC volleyball game. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully I get another chance. Fifth Third Arena, just looking up, just seeing the greatness of Cincinnati basketball. Yes, I know, it was volleyball, but hey, that's what was up at the arena. Beautiful. They did a very nice job in that renovation. Says I, you know the year after it opened for that, but hey, there you go. The Bengals, like I mentioned, Erickson, 97 yards on six catches, 74 yards, six catches for Ithard, six catches, 65 yards for Boyd, five catches, 65 yards for Tate. Mixon, four catches, 11 yards, and a touchdown. Bernard, two catches, 14 yards, one catch for Uzoma, four yards, one catch for Stanley Morgan, three yards, and Andy Dalton is credited with a catch for negative four yards. Cut my own ball. Now I'm going to lose four yards. Great. 329 yards through the year for Cincinnati. 372 for Los Angeles. The Bengals and Rams had their punter punted away five times. Hecker, five punts, 224 yards, and three inside the 20. About similar numbers for Kevin Huber. Five punts, 208 yards, three inside the 20. Longest punt, Hecker with 56, Huber 51. <sighs> I mean, looking at first downs, the Bengals had more first downs than the Rams. Cool. 24 to 19, by the way. On the ground, the Rams actually got one more first down. 6-5 through the air, Bengals got two more, 15-13. And via penalty, four for the Bengals, none for the Rams. It's just... <sighs> Total net yards, though, 470 to 401 L.A. Impressed about that. Through the air, though, golf was more efficient. And five sacks against Andy Dalton. Bengals actually held on to the ball longer than L.A. did. 32-43 for Cincy compared to the Rams, 27-17. And yes, Andy Dalton is now benched. So we'll go ahead and talk about that to close up episode 121. Uh, do I think it's the right decision? I, I see why, but I also think no, it's not. And I'll tell you why. Andy Dalton wasn't the big source of the problems for Cincinnati. Granted, I mean, there's games where he threw three interceptions, he's getting sacked, but, yeah, when you don't have an offensive line, 
Are you really going to blame Andy Dalton? He's not like Cam Newton where he can just run around. He's not like Russell Wilson. He's not that mobile. I mean, he could probably stand on his own, but he's not going to be labeled as a more mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson is. That's not happening. That offensive line is putrid. Five sacks. Five. It's not as bad as the game at Pittsburgh. Where was it? Eight or nine? It's still bad. Bad. Sacks are bad against your team. Did you know that about football? Oh, yeah. Let's blame Andy Dalton. Because he can't, you know, escape quick enough. You know, because that's his fault. And then Ryan Finley's giving a shot. I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to see what Finley can do. But it's still that awful offensive line. And the Bengals didn't put any reinforcements back there. Do you honestly think that Finley's going to be able to survive the onslaught? Baltimore's defense is pretty good. I have a gut feeling that... I mean... I like Andy Dalton. I've, you know... Do I think he's the answer to the Super Bowl for Cincinnati? No. But then again, Mike Brown is the answer to keeping the Bengals out of a Super Bowl. And... We can find owners that keep the Bengals in Cincinnati. That'd be great. But I fear if Mike Brown does sell the team, then it's going to be the people that want to move it to St. Louis or San Diego or somewhere else. And then Cincinnati never gets another sniff of NFL football again. So, <sighs> I mean, seeing some people like, Hey, Candy Andy Sack, hey! I mean, that's fine. Again, I don't try to tell you what to believe in. I don't try to tell you, you know, what to do. Well, I tell you to listen to my broadcast, but you, you get what I'm saying. I just... I like to see what Finley can do, but I worry about that offensive line. I'm worried that he's going to get hurt. I'm I'm worried about it. Originally, Andy Dalton handled the benching with class. Now, I guess Kenner and Schlummer were just talking about that. Dalton kind of threw a fit about it, which I don't blame him. This is his last year on his contract, and Mike Brown has said, if you don't perform, you don't get an extension. You're out of Cincinnati, which maybe that's the next best thing for him. You know, maybe he could help another team. Maybe, you know, have quarterback depth. Or maybe their quarterbacks are struggling. I think Andy Dalton is serviceable. Not saying he's, you know, the best quarterback out there, but saying he's not the worst either. I've seen worse. But we'll see what Ryan Finley can do. Now, I'll continue to listen to Dan Horde and listen to those games. That's what I do. I'm a Bengals fan. I'll stay with my Bengals. Although this year has been uh, quite brutal, to say the least. But I think you already knew that. They're 0-8. By week this week, and then week 10, home against Baltimore and the Ravens. I uh, I can only hope for a better offensive line. I can only hope for that. I'm not seeing it happening. By the way, tread de- trade deadline, not tread deed line. Trade deadline went... Nothing on the Bengals' side. A.J. Green would like to stay in Cincinnati, which I admire him for. But at this point, I question if he donned another jersey, I wouldn't be mad at him one bit. The man does want to stay in Cincinnati. I mean, he loves the city. He's part of it. Like Andy Dalton is, you know, not his scholarship, his foundation. I don't know why I thought scholarship, but there you go. I don't like seeing people lose their jobs. But, we'll see what Finley can do to shake things up. Is there an 8-8 eight and eight season on the way? Not with that offensive line. No. Will the Bengals defeat the Dolphins in Miami? I don't know. I mean, Miami did get off to a 14-0 lead against Pittsburgh, and then the Steelers kind of took over including James Conner scoring a touchdown, which helped me in my 
quest to defend my fantasy football championship because you want to hear about that, but there you go. It's neat to have the Bengals be in England again, but I often worry that the Bengals will be moving to London because I feel like the NFL is not going to back down on that. Every year, there's games in London to showcase what seems to be the worst of the NFL. Do you like football? Do you not care if this is a bad team? Then knock yourself out. LA's struggling this year. I, I, I don't know what it really is, too, but they're not as sharp as they looked last year. But it's still better than the Jeff Fisher days. You gotta agree to that. So the Bengals foul. 24 to 10. I thought they had a touchdown with six seconds left. Thanks to the score for giving my hopes up, but it turned out not to happen. So, if the Bengals started, their average drive start always started at their 25. For the Rams, it started at their 11. I don't know. It's, it's hard to talk about loss after loss after loss. Which, that's sports. Sometimes your team loses. Sometimes your team wins, but this year it's been a lot of losses. So, Week 9, go watch some other football, and that concludes episode 121 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Next week, we're talking high school football playoffs, because by then, the computer points will be released, and it will be determined who's playing where. Hope you join me for that, and that probably two-hour episode I still like to know how that happened, and we're about an hour on this one. Express! I need to get out the door. Again, listen tonight. Lakota East High School, I'll have Wyoming Monroe on call on ESP Media. Go to livestream.com slash ESP Media SN, and you can watch the games from there, or go on social media. That's where my links have shared. Until episode 122, where we're talking high school football and not the Bengals because they're off. This is Lee W. Mallon. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mallon. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and hosts on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday Sports Group to submit your future Mallon's mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.